0: Hello, everyone. We are back with the Speaking and Communicating podcast. And today we have Joe Templin. He is so many titles, I don't even know where to start. He's a physicist. He's an author, an entrepreneur. He's going to tell us more, though, because he's better at introducing himself than I can. So, Joe, please tell everybody what it is that you do, your background.
1: Uh, So basically, I'm a Swiss Army knife or maybe I'm MacGyver and I just use a Swiss army knife in that I've got an incredibly eclectic background that has given me the opportunity to control my own destiny in a lot of ways and take different paths. So no matter what happens, whether it's COVID completely shutting down the speaking circuit, or when I was working for a quasi-governmental office and there were some changes in terms of legislation and financing that made it so that was no longer viable, or when I left being a financial planner because of some issues there, or when my kid was diagnosed as autistic. And so I was like, okay, complete and total change. It just allows me to have resiliency. I don't know if I'm really answering your question, but I am a hyper-adaptable individual that does whatever I can to help make the world better for other people and bring out their excellence.
0: That, I think, is a really great mission. Now, before we started, remember, there was something you were going to share. I forgot. (laughs) And that's why we started recording already. (laughs) But basically... When you were talking about the book, oh, the book, yeah, of excellence. Yes, I said usually we see these kinds of books where you have 365 day actions. It'll just be one sentence, and you have to write your five gratitude points, etc. But you actually have an entire thesis on each topic and an action item for 365. Days. How did Se- you 366?
1: Up- I included for leap year.
0: Oh, leap year too. See, nobody's left out. How did you come up with all of that? Well,
1: it's based on a lot of my experience. I did a lot of research to help support it. But one way that I've come to look at life is life is sort of like a video game. I've got a lot of friends who program video games and I've got teenage kids, so they play video games. And we're all trying to get to the end where we've got the castle, we rescue the princess, we get the bags of gold, unicorns bring us cupcakes and all that sort of wonderful stuff. But it's not a linear path. And to get there, people don't realize that we have to go on all these side quests. Okay, so that side quest might be a vacation for a couple of days to rest and reset your brain so that you heal and charge up your health so that you can continue some side quests are that dead end job that you worked but you learned something at. you got the couple of pearls of wisdom as my father would call them mm-hmm. you know it might be all right i minored in this in college and i've never used it but then you draw from something that you learned there years later and I so all these different
0: Did with that graphic i think it was a graphic design class
1: Yeah, he actually took a calligraphy Calligraphy class. Calligraphy,
0: sorry. And that's the reason
1: why we have all of the wonderful, cool fonts Mm -hmm. within Macintosh and now within Windows is because of that side quest that he had. And so we never know what skills, what resources, what contacts we are creating when we go on these things, but it helps us in the overall quest for our life. So, the book, one of the things that it does is, you know, I might be the weird old man in the tavern that you go and talk to in some ways, but I bring out a lot of different things. We talk about, Stuff that can apply to relationships, to communication, obviously, which is the center of what we're talking about here today, hopefully. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mental health, physical health. So I explore a lot of these different things. In some ways, it's like the Oracle of Delphi because people will take from the book what they need for that day. But then a lot of these books are theoretical. Uh, Pen and ink philosophers, as the Stoics would call them. And action is what creates results. Words are weak, actions speak is a phrase that I use. And so actually having to do something, actually having to write down five reasons why you're upset with somebody. And writing down 10 things the... you like about yourself, mm-hmm. smiling mm-hmm. at five people today. That's an easy action item that I have people do at one point. But those are the sort of things that literally take these ideas and these concepts that are living in our head and in our hearts and bring them into the world. And then, as with everything, there's a ripple effect. There's interactions mm-hmm. with other people. You smile at somebody, turns around you and smile it back. Tr- Yes, because the, the mirror neurons in the neocortex, <laughs> they want to smile. And when you smile, it actually, biochemically changes. It Mm. decreases your cortisol, which decreases your inflammation, which will actually help you live longer. It helps you feel better. It stimulates the positive hormones in the body, where it's dopamine, serotonin, Mm -hmm. oxytocin, and it does this. And so you actually become better. And so there's lots of little things like this that you can create as micro habits or Mm -hmm. micro tools that you can pull on out when you're having a bad day where you need to change what's going on or you want to set stuff up for good performance for example before i got on the podcast this morning I did what I do before I get on any podcast or any big presentation. I listened to Princes of the Universe by Queen, which is my theme song uh, in some ways. And so I've been using this to literally flip the switch for 25 plus years. I can literally hear the first opening strains. Also, I'm like,
0: yes, let's go. That's right. Yes. That's why when you go to the seminars, they always start with this pump you up music and people Mm -hmm. dancing on top of chairs so that before they get started, that's exactly the exactly Correct. but what
1: we want is we want everybody to find their own particular song
0: mm-hmm. I have a client
1: who is an opera singer and his song that gets him going is mm-hmm. the hallelujah choruses from Handel he hears that I'm not going to sing because you know I can carry a tune in a bucket to its grave basically so you know but he hears that opening theme ah, and all of a sudden he's let's go
0: yes for me when I'm born in the 70s so when the Gigabird, there you go <laughs> <laughs> that gets me going you know how sometimes people say how are you doing oh I can't believe I'm going to work I can't believe it's a... what is it that they're missing you think in general obviously Ooh, they're,
1: they're missing a lot of things friends. so one thing uh, I saw a statistic that 75 to 85% of people hate what they do for a living okay oh, I, oh I just can't comprehend that because if you don't like what you're doing for a living changing. then use that as a stepping stone use that as a side quest to get back on your main quest okay. hey, get skills get resources get the finances is get the contacts, develop yourself, build out your resume, take the additional classes that you need, work on yourself, whether that's becoming a, a martial artist so that you have the confidence, whether it's taking the speaking classes so that you can communicate more effectively, whether it's getting the advanced designation okay? Explore these side quests and make it so that you can then bring it back into the main quest. So people who hate what they do for a living, that is a them choice. It's not like we're bored and you have to go be a carp or you're born to be a king or things like this. You have the choice as to where you want to take your life. So if you're hating your job, sit down and figure out why you hate your job. Sit down and do a SWOT analysis on yourself, strengths, weaknesses. Do some dream casting and say five years from now, if things were going really well, this is what my life would look like. Now, if five years from now, that's what it would look like. And you're at here. What do you need to do to go from point A to point G? You can reverse be engineer and
0: see the steps that you need to take to get there. Right. Mm-hmm. Begin
1: with the end in mind, as Stephen Covey would say. Right. I love how you said reverse engineering, being an engineer, having gone to engineering school.
0: There you go. Yes, because what happens is a lot of people might have the excuse of, I feel stuck. Or there's so many options lately, I don't know which one to pick.
1: Okay. So if you feel stuck, then it's not because there's too many options. So those are two different mindsets. If you feel stuck, why do you feel stuck? Why are you staying in that job? Is Uh it because you need the benefits? Well, where else could you get benefits that are that good or better? Uh Maybe it's another position within that company that doesn't suck your soul away. Because let's say that you work for a college. Okay. And you're working in the you know multimedia area. You can take classes at that college to study anything so that you can then do really other different. things. Let's say you're working for a big conglomerate like uh, General Electric or something like that. Okay. What can you do to get to a position someplace else within that organization that lights you up better? Or even the same department, but different job. Well, lateral transfers occur All the time. And one of the things that we find is when people get into a new position, whether it's the exact same position in a new company, or it's the same company but a different position, they tend to be happier for a little while. Yeah, there's some hedonic adoption that happens here, but there is a reinvigoration. And so look and see how you can reinvigorate within your job, even in the same thing. Maybe I can do more of this, or maybe I can explore that, or I can start self-development by taking these classes. LinkedIn Learning is a great place to be able to build skills. Hell, on YouTube, you have the entire MIT course catalog, literally no excuse to not be learning new skills that are part of your overall quest that improve your life and by starting a process of mastering anything, whether it's the guitar or martial arts or new language or underwater basketball, I mean, whatever, finding something that you really enjoy that you're pursuing okay. like that, you're going to get more happiness in other places of your life.
0: But here's the thing. What I was saying earlier is the SWOT analysis for me is also key because a lot of people will know what they want or the fact that they're unhappy right now. Mm -hmm. They don't know what they want. They know what they don't want. Okay. That's a good
1: good starting place. It's a
0: good start. But if you ask them, so what it is that you want? So then if they don't know what they want right now and can't articulate it, they feel like maybe being stuck in this devil that they know is a better option. Right.
1: And so what I try and do is I try and remove the reality, the concreteness from this. When you're a little kid, if you're told, Okay, sit down on the carpet here at school and close your eyes. We're going to read a book and once upon a time, and all of a sudden they're transported to a magic world. Nice. Okay, and they're visualizing this. Why don't we do this as grown-ups, okay? Sit down, close your eyes for a moment, take a deep breath. Imagine your life in 5 years. Life's going awesome. Just feel it. You know, you feel excited, you enjoy what you're doing with work, things are going well with the family, you're healthy. Okay tell me about some of the things that you're doing every day. Okay. So tell me about the sort of car you're driving five years from now. Cause well, that's okay. something concrete that people can focus on. You know, are you living where you are now? Or are you living someplace else? Mm-hmm. Tell me about where you're living. Okay. What are you doing when you're not working at that point, Five years from now, when your world is wonderful. Okay, so to achieve that, what are you doing work-wise, okay? And so you back into those sort of things. So if somebody really wants to be like living in San Francisco per your background, traveling from there and enjoying all the restaurants, okay, well, what do you need to do to be able to be in that position? Well, I need to be able to get to San Francisco, all right? Great, all right? So that's gonna take some money. So how do we get money? Yo, what do you enjoy doing when you're not working? Well, I, I like doing X and I do Y. Okay, how can we take that passion and bring it into mm-hmm. what you're doing during the workday. Mm-hmm. Well, I could be doing this. And I don't want to say that Socratic a in dialogue ways, but it's helping them to discover. It's more like, you know, lie on my couch and tell me about, you know, what's important to you in some ways. But it brings that out and they craft mm-hmm. their own vision of the future And so if that's the ultimate destination, then they have to figure out the map on the journey. They know they're here. They want to get there. Okay. Here's the skills that you have. Here's some of the things that you really hate. So, okay, we're not going to walk through the areas with dark spiders. So whatever it takes for them, but they are crafting their own vision. And so this is one of the things that coaching is really meant to do is I don't produce plans for a business or a client. That's my plan. Barely me helping them to to understand and formalize What's important to them, given the constraints that are out there that they might not be aware of currently?
0: I always wondered when we were kids, everything was possible. The world was our oyster. When do we lose that as we grow up? We're supposed How to lose that? that. I feel like a lot of grown-ups, as soon as all the urgent responsibilities come into the equation, everything just falls back. All the excitement about life, all the hopes and dreams, all the looking forward to something. We-, and- we-
1: Part of it is because they allow that to happen. I've got special needs kids. I've got multiple businesses. You know, I've got all these responsibilities, mm. but I still maintain a childish aspect in a lot of ways. I mean, like I took my kid to McDonald's, uh, my youngest one, a couple of weeks ago, grabbed him a Happy Meal. And he's like, oh, you can have the toy. And I got Stitch.
0: Oh. Right? Because Stitch is my
1: one. spirit animal, okay? Arr, oh, you know, Ohana means family. Bless you, know, he's pretending to be Elvis. Really mean so, guy,
0: but I remember him, yeah.
1: All right. So being able to be excited by something like that, if you look over my head here, you can see my various- metal. Well, next to the medals is my Avengers Quinjet that my kid built. Oh, of legos and you uh-huh. can see multiple thors because
0: nice. even
1: to this day i enjoy that okay enthusiasms i run this is from run the year there's another I, one from run the year here's a ragnar
0: mm-hmm. one and
1: you know ragnar is great because there's a lot of weirdness around it so people are allowing that childlike glee to die and they're not taking the time to work on it. You know, if you want to play the cello, you take the time to practice on it. If you want to have a positive mindset, you take the time to play with it. You want to have some good insight and maintain your childish attitude in a lot of ways, go hang out with a bunch of Five-year-olds. Okay, I'm a, a Cub Scout leader, and my eight-year-old Cub Scouts come on in, and they're talking about Minecraft and this and that. And they get me all excited about it. Whatever cool socks that I'm wearing for the day, and that gets me excited and happy. You know, play with the kid. Uh, my 11-year-old, he's got uh, autism and ADHD, so he's a little bit weird, as he likes to say. He's he calls himself a mutant, and that's awesome. He's got his superpowers, and I love him dearly. Yeah, and yeah. so, a couple of months ago, we took a box and he turned it into a tank and like we put a gun on it and he was like a spaceman spiff for a little while. So enjoy that. What If you don't have kids, play with your neighbor's kids, play with your nieces, and nephews, find somebody else because even just watching, you know, kids do something on TikTok or one of your friends on Facebook posting something like that, that will help reinvigorate that. And when you have that little spark of madness that Robin Williams talks about, don't lose it, feed it. Let it grow and see how it will then affect your other things. As Albert Einstein said, part of the key to wisdom is keeping the joy of childhood all throughout your life.
0: That is so key. Like I said, I think a lot of us as we grow, we lose it. And that's why the excitement for life in general just fades away. One of the things we do is we get excited. We start something. So I started Joe's book and I'm doing this action item for today. And a few weeks down the line, I'm going to fall off the wagon.
1: So what you do is you figure out a way to set things up so that the default is doing what you're supposed to. I mean, this is called nudge theory from behavioral economics. This is why Thaler ended up winning the Nobel Prize in economics a while ago. Mm-hmm. Um, James Clear talks about it in Atomic Habits, habit stacking. So we get up in the morning, right? Yeah, i bet. Okay. So that is the first habit of your day. So what's the next habit that you stack on it? So A- then creates B, then creates C. So I get up, I grab my half cup of coffee that is there to start my day and I click the coffee pot. So it starts, drink my coffee. I sit down and I read for a couple of minutes. So I read my version of the book. I read that page. am reading uh, The Daily Laws by Robert Greene. Last year it was Daily Stoic by Ryan Holiday, whatever. Some people read daily Bible verses. Read for a couple of minutes to prime your brain. Okay, okay so that takes one to two minutes while you're sipping that cup of coffee to start your day. And you can't do anything else until you do that. You got up, coffee, read, mm-hmm. then what's your next step? For me, it's workout for about 20 minutes. You get my brain going and all that. And there's some things I do every single day. Like I do 100 punches every day with each hand every single morning, no matter what. I've done that for 35 plus years other than times when I've been in the hospital and couldn't, but I've thrown over 10 million punches in my life. Every single morning and I don't need to think about that to pull that skill set out and what if okay. something happens, but also it primes my day. I did my fundamentals so that way you can achieve mastery by doing your basics. So I do all that. Then I sit down, I write for 15 to 20 minutes, and then I go about doing the rest of the stuff that needs to be done, you know, whether it's making breakfast, showering, and coming to the office early. The other day I had a six AM phone conference for the start of the day podcast, whatever you need to do. But if you have that basic routine of I'm going to do X, Y, then Z, in this habit stack, then you're going to be much more likely to continue to do it. Because we've all heard these things that it takes seven days to establish a new habit or 21 yeah, or 60 the
0: 21 steps. days are very common on YouTube.
1: That's if you're not building it onto something else, because if hmm. you're getting up every single morning, that is a habit. If you then stack something immediately after it, that sort of habit only takes six or seven days to get into. If it's something that you're trying to create a habit build it in the air and then put some foundations under it, then that's much more difficult. And that's the one that takes mental effort. And that's the one that takes two plus months to establish. If you want to change the habit of not eating junk food, here's the simplest way. Get rid of all the junk food in the house.
0: Yeah. Don't bring the temptation home.
1: This is the reason why people who are going through uh, detox or Alcoholics Anonymous or whatever, they remove all the alcohol from around them. So they remove the triggers for those habits. Mm-hmm. They make it very difficult to make the bad <laughs> choice going back to nudge yeah. theory. And then they start removing the people that lead them into doing those bad things. So one of the best things that people could do to develop better habits is cut out the people that lead them to do the bad things.
0: And surround so- yourself with the there's five people who will lead you to where you want to go.
1: Exactly. If you want to become more of a runner, start hanging out with runners. If you want to become more intellectual, Hang out with people who are more intellectual. If you want to become a higher performer in some capacity, hang out with high performers. So some mm-hmm. of the people that I interact with on a regular basis are like Tom Hegna, who's in the International Speaking Hall of Fame. He's been a very good influence on me. One of mm-hmm. my closest friends has his PhD. And he's also a major in a special forces unit. I've got other their friends who are PhDs in different capacities. So I hang out with people who are smarter than me or better than me in a lot of ways because it forces me to become better.
0: Instead of wanting to be the smartest guy in the room just to feed your ego <laughs>
1: exactly you know what i want to nobel be in the nobel. room filled with nobel prize winners mm-hmm. and in fact a lot of my friends have phds and so they make fun of me because i only have multiple master's degrees and so it's pushing me so okay eventually i'll get my phd Maybe a phd
0: richard Branson said that's the reason he's a billionaire he highest more people than him.
1: Right. And he also had a great mentor who helped him understand the aviation industry and who allowed him to accelerate his learning curve in some ways. So you have somebody who's drawing you along like that and you have other people who are pushing you mm-hmm. and it creates a very different dynamic than sitting on the couch, eating Cheetos, watching The Bachelor.
0: That's very, very true. Why is it also, like I said, we fall off the wagon. Why do we get so pumped up in these retreats and we go home and for the first two, three weeks, we really do what, because we're still feeling pumped up. What happens? Mm -hmm. Where does that energy go when we eventually- Because there's motivation,
1: there's discipline, and they're very, very different. You hear- you know, a great concert and you get motivated.
0: Mm-hmm. You get
1: that beaker and he's just up there. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And there's this energy Everybody, in the room that yeah. you tap into. As Muhammad Ali said, champions are made in the dark on the roads when nobody's watching. It's the capability to continue to get up and do the grind, even when you're not getting the results. Going to the gym for five, six, seven days in a row, that's mm-hmm. when it starts to hurt. That's when your muscles are aching and, you know, hungrier and you're tired and you have no physical results yet because you're in the bottom of the J curve. The results are about to start coming. So discipline equals freedom, as Jocko Willink talks about having the discipline to do the things you need to do every single day.
0: Why do we like Because
1: we want that quick hit. We want to say, okay, I ate healthy today. Hey, look, I lost, you know, five ounces. (laughs) They want that quick feedback as opposed to saying, okay, this is going to suck and you know running around doing a hundred push-ups and then a hundred pushups the next day and then a hundred push-ups the next day. I'm not seeing anything, but others will see the results before we see the results in ourselves. And if you're doing something that is huge, like building a cathedral or building a business, being able to run an ultra marathon or having a long-term relationship with somebody that lasts decades, there's going to be those little things that need to be done all the time that get overlooked. And so if you skip it once, nobody notices. My cello teacher in high school, Herr Doblin, he's died 15, 20 years ago, but he what made a major impression on me because He practiced every single day, even into his late 80s. And I asked him why. He said, if I don't practice one day, I notice. If I don't practice two days in a row, the critics notice. If Mm -hmm. I don't practice three days in a row, the public notices. And we actually, for the most people, have the reverse of that professional idea is that, you know, oh, I can skip a day. Doesn't matter.
0: Nobody's watching.
1: Nobody's watching. Exactly. Integrity is what mm-hmm. do you do when nobody's watching? When if nobody's you've watching. got integrity to your belief system, into your dream, and you know, I need to do X today to achieve Y down the road, because this is painful in the moment, whether it's not eating the donut, and I love donuts. Why
0: does that little pain or discomfort make us quit? Because we we want the end result. We certainly do. But what, what but is- what we don't
1: that- want it badly enough because we have this disconnect between me today and me in the future. Hmm. And so I've got a very close friend who's like, I don't care about the future in any way, shape, or form what I do. You know, I don't care how it impacts others or me. I care about what feels good in the moment. And she at least was able to articulate Mm -hmm. what everybody else does in some capacity. And she takes it to an extreme, okay? Like an addict. Okay, an addict will do whatever to get that fix in the moment to oh, relieve now. that pain or feel good, no matter what the consequences, no matter what it does to their family, no matter what it does to their finances, no matter what it does to their health. They need that moment of feel good. Having discipline to do what feels bad now, but be better down the road is difficult. And one of the things is that in our societies where technology has allowed us to be able to get it all now, used to be that you'd have to do research in a library for hours and hours. And so people don't build the resilience. And so this is why building mastery in any field, whether it's martial arts or public speaking or craft or getting an advanced degree, whether it's a law degree or a PhD or what have you creates a mindset of deferred compensation. And being able to do the work to have something better. This is one of the reasons why people don't save enough money. Because why should I defer this pleasure for the future? I want my cheese.
0: A friend of mine said to me, so "Society has taught us to seek happiness, which I think is that instant fix—is that mm-hmm. I'm happy now—instead of fulfillment over the journey, over the discipline." As you were saying, yes,
1: there, that's that. exactly it. As a martial artist, you know what I have fallen in love with—busting my butt and you know sweating to the point where. I'm just dripping and gross and all that And loving the process of getting there Mm -hmm. I hate running Even though I'm an ultra runner I do it because I hate it But I love doing it The process of doing it Writing the book Sitting down and working through the problems Okay, everybody wants just an instant solution Here's the answer No, you need to struggle with it Because, you know,
0: is it really our fault in the sense that even the motivational speakers they do promise the instant solutions? That's how they outdo each other. Joe said it takes you three hundred and sixty-five days to go through his three hundred and sixty-six days to go through his book and start to see results. I will show you how to do it in twenty one days,
1: which is a that's fun. great. Here, have more sugar. Have more <laughs> sugar and get that rush. I in fact never promise that. I promise you hard work. I promise you it's going to suck and it's going to make you better.
0: Remember the secret, the global phenomenon, the secret, the movie? Yep. What did they promise us?
1: They promised us that all you have to do is think about it and the universe will manifest everything you want.
0: Does that sound like hard work?
1: Yeah, that's a bastardization actually of your reticular activation system is the filter that we have mentally to see the world Hmm. because it allows us to not be completely overwhelmed by all the stimuli that we're getting. So what you think about, you can become. If you're thinking, I can't do this, yeah, that's going to happen. But if you're thinking about, okay, what are potential solutions about this? And this is one of the things that scientists have. They start working on these problems and they keep thinking about it and thinking about it and thinking about it. And so their mind becomes focused on working and solving that. Entrepreneurs are focused on finding opportunity. And so they see additional opportunities because their brain is wired this way because they've wired it this way. And so the secret is a bastardization of if you think about it, it'll happen. No, if you think about how you are going to make it happen, it will happen. And then you have to do the work. And so it's a combination of these two things is yes, the people without a vision will perish. You have to have that vision. But guess what? You got to pick up the tools and get there. You got to do the work. Then I so think the,
0: the second part, the second part, the missing element, the action and the tools are saying it's going to take work. Yes, we have to think the way that they taught us. But I feel like that missing element is what made people have this idea that just thinking about it is just going to miraculously manifest. And that's why I think it was the bestseller that it was. Because at the end of the day, we do want the instant solution. The yes,
1: people don't want it hard. There's two ways. There's the easy way, and there's the right way. This story that Brian Holiday quotes at the start of his book, Courage Is Calling, which I've always loved—the Hercules story. You know, he's Mm -hmm. standing there as a young demigod, and there's two paths and there's a goddess standing along each one. One promises them all the worldly, earthly desires, a life of ease, happiness, no struggle, everything easy and brought to him. And he can have that in a normal mortal life, and in three or four generations, he's forgotten. The other goddess promises pain, promises struggle, promises risk, because he could die in battle he could lose everything he's gonna have heartache and suffering along the way but there's the potential of godhood of becoming an immortal and taking his place on olympus with the others how many people take the easy path how many take the hard right
0: path? i would guess the bigger percentage went this way (laughs)
1: Yeah, probably 80%. I was reading something that uh, Dr. Dweck, I believe it is, did some research and only 40% of people have a growth mindset, which means that three out of five people will take the easy route wherever possible.
0: Yeah, I would not dispute that.
1: As my dad says about his academic career, jokingly, he made the top half possible. But if you look, those people who have that growth mindset and also have conscientiousness Mm -hmm. around it, so they have the combination of openness and conscientiousness, those people outproduce over overall, on average, tremendously. And there's no guarantee of success. But if you want to maximize your chances, you work hard. You work hard on yourself and on your career and developing your skill set and your resiliency. And you do the difficult things. Because if you learn Mm -hmm. to fail and overcome it and fail and overcome it, then guess what? You fail. There's so much to
0: learn from that already. Yeah.
1: Versus the snowplow parents who just push everything out of the way. And those people don't develop the skill set of resiliency. Mm -hmm. And so they break pretty easily.
0: So what would you say is your life motto before we close?
1: Excellence as opposed to convenience.
0: Excellence as opposed to convenience. Excellence is a process.
1: Yes. It takes every day to mm-hmm. get and maintain excellence. It would be easy to stay in bed. It would be easy to take the easy, safe career path. It right. would be easy to not challenge ourselves. But mm-hmm. is it right long range?
0: And are you going to be happy with your future self by taking that route?
1: No. If be an advocate for you 10 years down the road, what would that person want you to do today?
0: Yeah. Like that phrase, your future self will thank you. So will your future self thank you based on the habits that you've cultivated now? Yes. So we have excellence, adaptability, work hard. Don't get off the wagon just because it's getting hard or inconvenient. And,
1: and maintain your childish attitude. Have fun with it.
0: Have fun. That is like, so key, especially for most of us grown ups. The more life we face, the more we just, that just takes a backseat every single time. Joe, thank you so much. This has been a wonderful conversation. But before you go, please tell us where we can find you.
1: Oh, you can probably find me sitting in my office working. But <laughs> if, if you wanted to find me in cyberspace or online, the website is everyday-excellence.com. We put up new micro blog stuff there all the time, by the way, for your listeners, if they go to the website, if they use the code SACP,
0: basically
1: C P. so speaking and communication podcast, Yes, they can get a discount on the books and everything. They can also follow me on Twitter, which is E-D-E with Joe, E-D-E for everyday excellence. And that's also where you can find me, uh, various other places.
0: E-D-E with Joe is Twitter.
1: Yep, Facebook, mm-hmm. or you can go to the website everyday-excellence.com.
0: And use the code S-A-C-P to get the book, which is short for Speaking and Communicating Podcast. Thank you so much, Joe. This has been a wonderful conversation. I've enjoyed it tremendously.
1: I have too, Roberta. Be excellent and grow today. Thank you. You know, I was getting ready for an ultra marathon last year, you know, working long days and everything. So I get home, it's about seven o'clock, still light out, luckily. And I see that there's these dark clouds on the horizon, and everything. I'm like, oh, it's going to rain. I could just stay inside or whatever. I'm like, no, and I go put my shoes on. I go on out. Knowing it's going to rain, and within five minutes it started raining. It was horrible. It, I mean, it downbeat my shoes did not dry out for a week. Good thing I had other shoes. And I ran for three and a half miles in the rain on purpose, saying to myself, this is going to suck, but is going to make me better. And it did suck every single moment. Of, I hate it. I was running in my neighborhood. I'm like, I could just go home. That'd be the easy thing. Yeah. But I kept going and went more time because I knew it would make me better overall. There's an old Chinese saying, sweat more in practice, bleed less in battle. And people don't want to sweat. Everyone tries to take the easy route and avoid the sweat. And when the battle comes, that's when they end up breaking.
0: Really bleeding. So choose the right and not the easy.
1: Excellence as opposed to convenience.